Yes. Uh, but we're here with Kathy. Maybe you don't know who she is. So, Kathy, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Kathy. Kathy Crisp. I work at the Village Free School with David. Hello. That is my day job. Working with David. I don't know what else to say, but is that all? That's all I got. You're from New Hampshire? From New Hampshire. Was the one of the most interesting things about me. She's <laughs> wicked smart. Wicked smart. Is that how they talk in New Hampshire? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like distracted with a baby. <laughs> and I think usually I'm the one who gets us on track. Yes, At yes. At least Damari said that about me. Um, but this today's topic was Kathy's idea. Um, I think David asked her if she had questions for a Q and A, and then her question, I was like, um, "No, you should talk about that. <laughs> not not us by ourselves, but all of us." Your question was too big for the Q and A. It was mm. great, though. <laughs> yeah. Are you willing to share kind of what we're talking about today? No, because <laughs> I don't remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> my my brain works a lot like David's, so right? I don't remember things later. David can read it. Um, it's huge. So what we're going to do is I'll just sort of compile and then you fill in the blanks okay. or whatever. Um, why was... Oh, there it is. Okay. I think we were what we were discussing here was um, the um, sort of phenomenon of families family dynamics, particularly at VFS, but I think it uh, is about all. Definitely. It applies broader. Broader. Um, But I think what I, after we discussed this, I sort of like summarized it, but (laughs) we like have two sets of families, families with high achieving kids. Um, At least that's, I think that's the term we used. Um, Or kids who where the conventional system quote unquote works for them. Yes. They don't have to assimilate that. I mean, they can assimilate very well into the system as in they, yes, it works for them. They're not, they're not, uh, outliers, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can f- follow the rules. I think what, what I've noticed is sometimes, or they, they're they're part uh, of VFS or part of SD centers, but they can also enjoy going to other clubs, and it's not a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you know they go to like soccer practice, like you said earlier on one of the I should have just sent you the, the message, but uh, that's one of the, your your examples. But um, on top of that, it was uh, to do with like I think what I wanted to add is I think they bring those values or how they communicate or conflict resolution in those places they sort of bring that here too mm, so still schoolish places yes yeah. uh, um, so I guess there's a little bit of like uh, uh, what, what is it uh, cognitive dissonance maybe as if like we do things very non-punishment based and they may expect that we we do it because of other places do it and so and so the other set of families come here because their kids are unable to thrive or assimilate or be can even exist they're very much outliers in the schoolish system conventional uh place and often we're um 
place of last resort. Uh, I, I think when we started talking about this, we, we kind of, I remember I, my question centered around parents mm -hmm. because what we find is that while people come here for their kids to have a place to go, it's really the work of the whole family mm -hmm. and yeah. parents are often the, the people who don't realize how much work they have to do. Mm -hmm. And, and so we were talking about, you know, parents coming here for different reasons and we kind of categorized the kids this way, even though, of course, anytime you categorize anyone, it doesn't, it's not, it's not a 100%. Right. And I feel like there's mixtures, mixtures of both too. Um, you do have some like already unschooling, already deschooling exactly. families too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's people it's people who come from the conventional system or have not de-schooled much who are looking for something. And I think that's where you can start to see trends. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, one of the things I've learned a lot is that those kids that are not uh, that that are definitely outliers in this in the conventional system uh when they come here they need a lot of help uh therapy or like other things because the school has or whatever has happened to them has harmed them so much and they they have developed these coping mechanisms to survive in those places and they come and bring that here and while we're trying to you know, give them a safe place. Sometimes we don't have all the resources available. Um, and they, we wish we could offer other resources or things that would work or like similar values to us, but then we end up like looking at other places and they're very much still also of the schoolish mentality. So um, I think, yeah, and so we are often, I feel like, where we wish we could provide other resources or other places to go, we st stick with them longer here and it's not working out for them. It's not working out for us. It's too, there's too much going on here or it's not the right setting for them. And then conflicts arise, you know? Yeah. Uh, definitely with the kids I've, or the, uh, because you're talking about parents, but I feel like with kids who are, um, who can, who, what was the word? I forgot the word, uh, who can, who are, can survive in conventional schools and have opportunities to go to those other places. There's conflict with those kids and then the kids that can't. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I'm thinking of particular examples that I will not say, but <laughs> yeah. It's the... It's also the phenomenon we, we were talking about at a certain point where people have, people come here and they have some variation of these two kinds of experiences. And one is intellectually they're on board with unschooling, self-directed education, you know, a detachment intellectually from the conventional system. And then some people come because they've had a visceral experience with being harmed mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. seeing it not work. And what we've realized over the years is you, you, 
we need people to engage intellectually. We need them to be on board more than a good experience, like having a good or bad experience. And we need people to understand that these experiences they have in conventional systems or when things might work for them, quote unquote work for them, are experiences that can connect them to how important unschooling or de-schooling or self-directed education is to them. Mm. I don't know if that was clear. Yeah, um, I think in particular thinking of like people who are harmed by the system and it could be any part of the system and they're not connecting the dots to all the other ways that the system is fucked up too. Yeah. And, and so they may have a very critical lens of that one particular thing that, that harms them, but don't, don't expand to the other parts. And I think um, that applies to unschooling or de-schooling, I feel. Um, like uh, perhaps they see our values here and they don't extend them to other places, other institutions that, you know, it's just particular to school or something. I don't know, I, I probably went off a tangent there. No, they're looking for an alternative to school when really you need all these systems to be working to help heal this mm -hmm. trauma. And they think the solution is going to an SDE center that'll fix mm -hmm. it because it's about school and then everything will be fine. But this kid really needs like full community commitment mm -hmm. to their healing. Yeah. And SDE centers can't give that. A lot of them can barely survive as alternatives to school. I think in a beautiful vision of what a center community could be we would want to bring in all those resources and collaborate with the community and offer that to kids but that's so difficult and right now I feel like centers can't do all that yeah for the most part and you can work toward it yeah and you need but but people need to to understand kind of the fullness of what they're undoing mm -hmm. and and understand that it's it is an intellectual pursuit it is something you need to understand with your mind and it's something that affects our existence and mm -hmm. our bodies and our you know physical selves and you know and then at that point I think you can pull you start to pull in resources and access the community in a different way I want to pivot a little bit yeah and now I forget what I was gonna say <laughs> okay maybe it'll come back um, it seems like in order for any amount of healing to happen, it, it sounds like SDE centers can't do all of it, but the big roadblock is our parents also seeing this and bought in and like supporting and doing the healing on their themselves. end and doing the healing themselves. Yeah. 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 And that's the question. And I think, you know, people come for, sometimes people come for a nice place for their kids to be mm -hmm. after a terrible experience. And I think that's a great reason to change what you're doing and to come to a place like ours. And that gets people in the door. And what gets, what gets people to stay is understanding that there isn't a nice place to be. It's just a place where people, people will engage with each other to get through something hard. Right. I think that's one of the things uh, uh, like certain parents bring their kids here. I would say the high achieving ones and 
ones that can assimilate and thrive in those other systems and they come here to get have these kids be protected from that uh, not limited by the conventional system but there is that part that conflict will arise absolutely and because there's going to be so many different diverse type of kids that with different experiences and I think that's a frustration is like wait I thought I took him out of something that was going to harm them and it's not that like I don't think it's really harming them here I just think that people are not used to this level of conflict that you need in a community to actually function function get healthy yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly you know healthy exactly. communities have conflict yes yeah. i feel like there's this false idea we have is that when it's healthy there's not going to be any conflict yeah. it'll be protected and nothing will ever happen to me or my kid and that's actually the opposite i think of what happens because yes. when you are feeling safe to be yourself and engage with other people that's when conflict arises Absolutely. because it's supposed to in humans we don't naturally understand each other or get along all the time we all have different needs yeah humans yeah i think that's a that's a really interesting phenomenon too that i've learned is that um what happens here is that we're actually bringing out the conflict out into the open more Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about it and there's a path for it yes and i think we're so used to i think there's harm that happens in conventional systems and it's like bad things happen right Mm -hmm. and it's like but it's uh, and and that's like the the sort of maybe cognitive dissonance people have is like oh, you know obviously it's not working because there's a lot of conflict there's a lot of people being harmed. Uh, what they don't realize it's because it's not bringing it out in the open and yep. discussing it. It's actually being pushed to the side mm-hmm. or like yeah. you know finding other ways to deal with it. Um, and I, you know I'm sure the the I you know I hear hear it from my own teacher friends. You know there's they don't want that to happen. They don't want to just punish or like. But the the institution itself can't, you know, uh, survive without it, you know, being that way. Yeah. Despite, you know, best intentions of teachers. So. Well, if you're sitting in a classroom with 30 kids and one adult, how are you going to help them, like support them in their conflict? It's just not set up that way. And and literally the you know, I'm a former public school teacher and literally your entire day is full of other activities Mm. and other demands. So they're. I think what people don't realize is how much time moving through conflict actually takes. Yeah, 100%. And that's time well spent. And I think the sting of, of the, the idea of harm is lessened by there being some sort of path or, resol- or a resolution, whether it's you know solved or not, knowing that you're what happened to you has a has an outlet. Mm. Someone saw you. People are going to talk about it. It may not ever be exactly what you want, but there it's not going to. Nobody's going to pretend it didn't happen mm-hmm. or make it go away. And I think that's that's where the harm comes in. Is, is when you, there is no follow up. There is no right. resolution. Yeah. Or just punishment and move on. Yeah. And did that person who was harmed even feel seen just because yes. the other person was punished? Does that solve anything? Does that support their feelings? Yeah. yeah. I think there's some really good questions for us all to ask. For conventional school systems to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had kids come here who have, a, have an issue. Parents, the whole family comes in, and there's a, if there's an issue... They wonder why we don't suspend or we don't do something right away. Yeah. And have an answer about it. 
And when you really follow that path of, okay, what if we suspended so-and-so? What, what would that look like? Okay, the, well, they would go away for a while. Okay, but what, when, what about when they come back? What happens then? And I think that's when people can possibly face the reality of, oh, this, is, this doesn't actually make anything better. It just right. pushes it off. Mm-hmm. And eventually I'm going to encounter this person again or encounter a situation just like this. And so what do we do? Mm-hmm. And to me, it's the difference between um, the two concepts of grit and resilience. And I think all these words kind of come in and out of trend and favor and people talk about them a lot. And a few years ago, grit was huge. Mm-hmm. What, 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 can you define that? I, I was hate that word. <laughs> I never heard of that word. I think of grit as being, you know, your ability or your tenacity in getting through something hard. Like, oh, okay. I was thinking, I thought it was like an educational particularly i never mind i understand now. <laughs> these are the words they bring into conventional schools to say they're teaching emotional intelligence yes that's my okay. exactly resilience grit exactly the kids have more grit now it's not just about memorizing things and it's yeah. you know they can do something hard mm-hmm. they can even if they don't want to they can persevere and right because and i think of resilience as being you know an ability to do something hard and come around the other or move through or come around or, you know, find yourself somewhere on the other side. And I think it's ties to me too, into the concept of safe spaces Mm -hmm. where I think that's a myth. I don't know what, I don't know exactly what people are expecting when humans come together, but yeah. Yeah. Conflict's gonna happen, you know. What do you expect? What are you expecting? <laughs> Everyone's gonna pretend it's okay. Yeah. No yeah. one will express their feelings and we will all smile. Oh, right, right. That's um there I, I'm just reminded that there is a change up in language. Now people don't want to call it safe spaces, but safer spaces? No. I've heard that. I, I've heard the term resilient spaces. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's Again, the thing, yeah. Semantics, but you know, I'm thinking about the ideas behind these things. When you frame it like that, I actually like the word resilience. Mm-hmm. But the word resilience, again, for me, is wrapped up in this, like, schoolish idea that resilience means you get through the things we force you to do. Mm-hmm. And you'll be more, you'll be stronger because of it. And therefore, you should do things adults force you to do. And that's being resilient. Like, that's how I hear it. I think that's how people use it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I I always think of like kids who are resilient, like, you know, were born in or raised in really bad situations. Mm -hmm. Like, like in situations like, like mine, you know, uh, raised with undocumented parents and having to deal with all that. And yeah, we were resilient, but now we have to deal with all the trauma and the therapy. Right. That's the thing, too, is it negating trauma or saying like trauma is okay to inflict because that builds resilience like sometimes i feel the words weaponized in that totally. way totally but no let's words. take it back no can also safe. be <laughs> positive nope now i'm going into a different <laughs> i lost my place um there feel it feels like there's a lot of threads here mm-hmm. like how engaged or and committed our families? Mm-hmm. Why are people joining SDE spaces, and what mm-hmm. do you do with that when yeah. you know the different reasons? 
and then conflict is another huge one. And I think, you know, we've at, at this at VFS have gotten more and more, I think, have found more and more clarity about what people need to know to come in and how engaged you need to be, how engaged you need to be. You know, I, I quote Akilah Richards all the time yes. when I say, you know, she talks about we're raising free people and that includes ourselves. And that's a concept we need all the adult, all the adults as well as the kids to come in understanding is that this is work for everyone and you will, you will do it or, mm-hmm. or you you'll leave. It. Like, you, like there, it's, you it's, have to, it, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. It is hard though, because I think a lot of times people are looking for like alternatives to school spaces because they work nine to five jobs yes. or, you know, different capitalist inspired jobs yeah. because they have to survive. So then it's like, how can I mentally be in this when I'm just looking for my kid to thrive outside of conventional school? But I also have my own things going on. Like, it's really hard to commit that mental space. So I understand why totally. it happens. Um, a lot of the families who are healing themselves are doing more unschooling or like part-time at the mm-hmm. SDE center. Like there's more variety because they have more flexibility in their schedules and time. Yeah. So how do you balance those two things? Yeah. I was thinking in particular about when you were saying, you know, things you parents have to work on their process to not just the kids, but like the biggest things right now, or not the biggest thing it's, but just the constant thing about screens, mm-hmm. and screens use, and oh and uh, we're coming up a bit, uh, uh, um, against you know a new I guess chapter in our way of thinking too. Uh, but but just thinking about how like there oh, there's always seeking parents come to us to seek for an answer about the screen thing, and we're at just as confused as everyone yeah. else. The unfortunate reality. <laughs> there is we no don't answer. even, yeah, and just like, I don't know. It just, I think the question we try to, we're trying to pose it the other way. It's like, what do you think? Like, how are you dealing how with it? How are you like, engaging yeah. with screens? Yeah, because I think we need everybody on this right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. We need all the all the heads together because I don't know. I'm 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 a little bit surprised that all the staff can't figure it out because we're. <laughs> I thought we were brilliant. <laughs> we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. All the staff in every center all over the world can't figure it out. No. So don't be hard on yourself. It moves so and fast. And it's different for every kid. Like that's the other thing is that. I can say what works for my kid mm-hmm. and what works for me. And then that's not going to be same, the same for your kid or for you. Exactly. So a lot of it is just like, what's your relationship with your kid? Like, yep. how are you talking to them about it in relationship? And you can't define that for another person. Exactly. And you can't automatically know that kids reactions, like the parents know the kids reactions, but how much is their opinion of their reactions affected by their opinion of screen time yeah. <laughs> and their biases? And I think what you just encapsulated is the work that we're talking about, about raising your kid and yourself as Mm -hmm. a free person, is digging in to all of these places that pot, like you, you're paused. And it is hard to balance, you know, a nine to five in a conventional setting with doing this de-schooling for yourself. And it will happen here. Mm Mm-hmm. Because your kid will do something 
that doesn't jive for you yeah. and you're going to have to and like figure it out. And I can't speak as a parent, so I'm not even telling anybody what to do, but it's it's what I've observed. Yeah, I didn't say that as an excuse, just more of a like here's totally. all the mental things we're balancing in life and yeah, why exactly. people are frazzled, I think in a exactly. lot of ways. And I think in a lot of ways doing this is a it can be a it can be a pause. It can be a release from pressure if if you can let it be. So being here or doing this work? Doing or? this work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I never want to act like village free school is the answer for everyone because we are just a collection of humans <laughs> doing a thing, which may or may not work for everybody. We're hitting our limit. Please don't cut. I love that. A collection <laughs> of humans doing a thing. That's what all yeah. communities should be <laughs> called. I think, no, that's in, we're going to go into the realm of blaming capitalism. What do we blame capitalism? But, you know. <laughs> what do we want? What do we want? No capitalism. <laughs> okay. What do we want it now? Uh, I'm just like, you know, because we have to sell ourselves, because we have to compete and make money, places will sort of try to create like a, a branding for themselves. Like, this is what this place is. This is what we provide. This is what we do. We do it well. Come to us because we're quality. When we're really just a collection of humans yeah. just doing, a thing. doing a thing, and it's like <laughs> the carpet's kind of dirty, people. Like I don't know what to say. I'm sorry, we're in a basement. Yeah, like <laughs> all I, the things we've heard. <laughs> I was talking to someone about this. It's it feels like SDE centers have to sell themselves until they reach a certain point, and then they can stop and more like own mm. their identity. Mm-hmm. But I've seen centers who own their identity up front which is admirable mm-hmm. but they struggle for mm-hmm. years because they can't establish anything and I'm not saying you like completely steamroll over your own value like you're still doing SDE there's certain things you don't you have to play on, the game somehow but you have to play part of the game mm-hmm. like part of the game or else you're probably not going to get to a stable position where you can own more of who you are and it sucks but it seems to be a trend that I see mm. I mean, I apply it with photography, just like I have to sell myself as this, like I have to like act like a professional. I mean, I mean, yeah, I have to be dependable and I want to be dependable. I want to do stuff, but I don't want to like talk about prices, but I have to act like I, I don't know. The concept of, uh, and all artists go through this is like selling yourself or putting a dollar dollar uh, amount on your value right. is like the hardest thing we go through and we uh, no one <laughs> <laughs> but you have to play the game and you have to say this is how much i you know this is how much it is to book me and it's like it's, it sucks but well, again you got to play the game until you can establish your identity or right whatever. and if it's too low then people are like oh you're not very good because yeah. you're not it's, i've been through this with other things too you're mm-hmm you're trying not to charge too much because you want to be accessible and then people are like oh that means you're not very good i don't want to book you yeah but more expensive is like a supply and demand thing yeah we should have like contracts where you're like you know this is who we are and stuff like play the game and on the bottom disclaimer really tiny text is like but we're just a bunch of little people just yeah. doing a thing <laughs> humans doing <laughs> a thing yeah i think that you know 
the village free school is going to turn 20 next year. Holy crap. Yep. And I think that's amazing. I like, I work here. I don't even know this. (laughs) I remember the 15 year anniversary, right? Yeah. What? We didn't actually. That just happened yesterday. That was actually, um, it, it was kind of at the same time as our grand reopening down here. Yeah. 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 Which was about five years ago. So, but you know, I've talked, I've talked to so many people at different centers and schools and I still believe that one of the reasons we're still here is because we've made a, we made explicitly a path for conflict. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't here from the beginning. I joined in 2010. School opened in 2004. And over the years, I've seen that just by having a path for conflict has enabled us to get through so many things and still be here. And and that doesn't mean it always works out great, but... It doesn't implode on itself because we're willing to bring it out in the open. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, it, and I think people engage to the, to the ability that they have, and, but simply making that explicit, that there will be conflict, there will be trouble, expect it, I think has made a lot of what we've done possible. And we have different people who have held that in different ways over the years, but I think that as like a, a founding concept mm-hmm. has been pretty powerful. Well, the village free school come to have conflict, <laughs> come to have troubles. That's what we offer. The village We're free very school, good at it. Not a nice place to be all the time. <laughs> New tagline. Yeah. The village Put free school. Put it on your website. People will come. <laughs> the village free school will come for your kids to be bored sometimes. Yes. There will, people will be bored. <laughs> people will be mean. We're editing this out, right? No, <laughs> no. This is the no, we're establishing we're, in our identity. We, this is yeah, we're twenty years. Your school. <laughs> yeah, it'll be on your website soon. <laughs> no, it's real. I think yeah. other centers, especially new ones, will really appreciate hearing it because I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm having this big conflict with my co-facilitator yes. or with parents or whatever." Maybe it's because we're new and we're establishing ourselves. Mm, no, yeah. <laughs> all centers have conflict. Absolutely. So I think it's reassuring almost, even though it's hard. And then it's hard to think, oh, this isn't going to go away. It's going to yeah. keep happening. But it's reassuring to think you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's just part of working with other people. Yeah. And I think zooming out and realizing it's act- it's actually just life. Right. You know, our lives are full of conflict. Our lives are full of ups and downs. And people come in sometimes and are excited and full of wonder at this new venture they're participating in. And, and I'm always like, hang on to that. That'll get you through. <laughs> that'll get you through some dark times. Sometimes <laughs> Which come. it makes it worse, though. I've <laughs> it can. had people not, well, maybe also at VFS, but come in and just have this perfect image idea of wherever I'm at. And then mm. they're so upset when it's real that they can't handle it yeah and then they leave. oh and the, they see the reality right okay. and i had it more at the preschool i used to work at because it was like in textbooks and yep. like the only thing we put out was the good stuff and had training videos and then people came and they're like what you're real humans with conflict and yeah. too much work to do and stressed out huh and then they couldn't handle it and they yep. would leave um yep. 
So there's got to be a middle ground. Totally. Like, hold on to the love of what you're doing and... <laughs> and re- realize what's going to happen. Right. I'm always like, I'm putting in my two weeks, Kathy. <laughs> Do you say that every day? That's really stressful for Kathy. It is very stressful for Kathy. But we I'm, take turns, though, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to ban everything, she says. <laughs> Here you go. People starting centers in the future. Aren't you excited? <laughs> It, we go, it goes like that. It, and it's just, it's like... It, it's dark humor. Yeah, it turns to <laughs> next. the next staff member will say something. And I think that's healthy, just putting yes. it out there, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. There was something else. But just like, you know, we have real... I don't know, it's not just conflict, it's real interactions. Like, we just... And we put it out in the open, you know? We're not going to, like, go off to the side and unless it's, like, a very, in, you know confidential confidential thing but we will just like talk at each other and like have this maybe conflict out in the open not to and maybe people don't i don't understand uh don't see that as healthy but i don't know it's just like it's it models the yes you know the way we deal with it and sometimes we don't do a good job at <laughs> that you yep. know just per- thinking particularly something that happened yesterday and it's just like yeah, I could have just, you know, probably come back and said something and, you know, dealt with this particular thing we were going through with another staff member, but I didn't. And it's maybe I just modeled taking space. I don't know. It's just yeah. like, yep. I don't know, trust and trust and love with each other. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Headphones hurting my ears. Should we take a break? Sure. Okay. And we're rolling back. Not rolling back. We're rolling it. I don't know what I'm saying. We're just rolling. Welcome to uh, Innovation for the Future podcast. Stop it, David. You did that because you knew the mic wasn't in my hand. (laughs) And reform for schools in the conventional world. Kathy, you were saying something, and I want you to repeat <laughs> word for word. Well, at the beginning, we were talking about two kind of extreme situations of families that come We said here. two groups. Two groups. But what really what we were trying to say is two extremes. Two extremes. Yeah. Because we have a plethora of people in the middle who come here for a variety of reasons. And I realize sometimes that... I worry a lot about kids in conventional systems that are doing well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting air quotes that you can't hear. <laughs> this is it, how air quotes are. <laughs> because those are the people internalizing things in a particular way that isn't necessarily noticed. And I think people are harmed all over the place in the conventional system. and. And I worry about the people who seem like they're doing well and what the what the harm actually is inside. I think about, and this might not be interpreted as harm, but I think about those kids uh, or adults that is like, well, I'm glad I was forced to do this because yeah. then I learned blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, I wouldn't have done it myself. It gave me discipline or something. And I wonder, it's like, what would it look like if you chose? Yes. Would you feel the same way? And is there unresolved trauma from that too? And now are you traumatizing other people by saying you should also be forced to do something you don't like? Was it grit? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
There's also the people pleasers that yep. have quietly gotten good grades and done everything the teachers want. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm not laughing about doing things teachers want. I'm laughing because David gave the baby the microphone. She stared at it. Um, who have done everything teachers and families have wanted their whole lives and been peacemakers for mm -hmm. their families and just taking all of that on and then trying to find themselves and their needs and how to say no as adults. Like that's a lot of hidden trauma. And that's a lot of people. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, Especially the, you think about the middle of the bell curve, mm -hmm. right? The people, a huge number of people. Yeah. And they're doing well in school because yeah. they're pleasing the system. Yep. And it's, you know, it's a grooming of sorts, and I worry about those people. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was controversial. <laughs> but I, I f do feel excited when those people show up at the Village Free School, where the, the parents are saying to us, my kid was doing well, but at what? Mm -hmm. And the kids, are, the kids are so open to a different way of being. And I think that's experiencing that I think has been very powerful for me as a person undoing people pleasing or undoing this conditioning to see that it's possible to show up, not because something went wrong for you in the conventional system, but because maybe things were going right. Mm. The I was thinking about one of our, I feel like, that that I was thinking about Rachel in particular who says that she was doing very well mm -hmm. in like college and stuff but at what you know it's yes like, um, I don't remember the particulars but it's like that too yeah being good at like memorizing stuff mm -hmm. cool <laughs> yeah well and a lot of those people grow up and they're like I did fine at school so therefore people should go to school <laughs> yeah and they're like pushing down all the harm or they don't even see it or know yes. about it um and then they're perpetuating it because their kids are going to school i was always confused at school one because i could do well and then i couldn't do well and then again i would do well <laughs> i thought it was just a me problem same <laughs> definitely a you problem i was I'm like it was either a's or f's and it was yeah. like okay <laughs> it was almost nothing in between yeah. wow I was just thinking about like the biggest de-schooling thing I'm still doing is like how I feel guilty for not wanting to lead classes. <laughs> mm. We were just having this conversation With yesterday. No, I like doing BFS. offerings, but I'm like, my mind just isn't the kind of person that could just turn on, look on, like not like, oh, there's a thing I have to do at this time. And it just turns mm -hmm. it on for that. Yeah. And it's just, I get, and in a place like this that honors, tries to honors uh, my humanness, it's like I'm realizing I'm less likely to do it now, and I feel guilty for that. But, you know, I love just, yes, Nova, I, I love just sitting, like, that is my true, like, I, if I think of education or, like, learning, I think about, like, the perfect university, literally just walking around and talking to different people all the time about whatever, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I was saying, that tangent. See, now I'm feeling guilty. Well, what if every single facilitator at VFS liked doing offerings but didn't like doing what you like? Exactly. That's what I say. Which is what is happening. <laughs> Except for <laughs> not, you. Not all the time. Not all the time. No. No. 
No. Some of us like to do offerings and some like to just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were saying like when your favorite time in education was when you were teaching, right? And when you started or something like that. When I think about my relationship with school, it was all conventional. And I became a conventional teacher. Mm -hmm. And... And so out of that, I think my favorite experiences were as a teacher. And I think it's because I was in, I had more control mm-hmm. over my, over my reality than I did as a student. Uh, anything else that we want to make sure we say or missed? I think we're so captivated by the baby right now. Um, I'm good. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks. This has been Redefining Education with Nova. (laughs) Check us out at (laughs) pbs.org. Could be worse. Could be worse than PBS. Check us out at the Joe Rogan Experience. (laughs) (laughs) You had to say that. Our next conversation will be with Elon Musk. Gross. (laughs) No thanks. No thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.